The message you're about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2024, themed The Resurrection. Be blessed as you listen. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Ah, these bones, where were they wear? You know. First of all, I need to say thank you, Pastor Midred. Thank you for that word that you brought. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm also glad to get to meet you, you know. Uh, you may be seated. I'm going to say three things. One to you, Pastor Shala, and the First Lady. One to us, and then I speak to the body of Christ. I was with you last year. And I said this on the pulpit. I didn't say it fully. I was shown a vision of a very large auditorium. Because this is one of the, and when I say seven, that is the one that is shown to me. Let nobody take offense in the body. This is one of the seven apostolic centers that God is raising for the last move of God coming from Nigeria. There are others. You know, um, you see, the way this ministry work happens is that um, there are assignments, along with the assignments, is grace given to different people to carry out what they are called. And then that grace creates limitation. So, in other words, Ministry also has boundaries. My house has uh, two fences on this side and on this side. And uh, I have neighbors. So that fence creates the limit of my property. I ca- if I want to push through it, I enter into another man's property. In the uh, book of First Corinthians chapter 10, you see that. That there is a place you venture into, you are in another man's level. Yeah. Because, so uh, when I say what I'm going to say now, um, sometimes when I speak like that, it's not to diminish other people. I'm not diminishing anybody. I'm just talking based on what the assignment is. And because of the assignment, certain degree of grace. So, as of last year, because we're now doing a seven-year run. We have seven years left. Not left to the coming of Christ. It doesn't mean by 2030 Jesus will be here. But, but after this seven-year season, um, the texture, the environment where we're going to be doing ministry, I'm talking about the world, will be different. There are certain things that will be in place. And if certain people are not ready, they are not in place. If certain things are not in place, it will be more difficult. It can still be done to do it then. The world we are living in is going to be completely changed. The economic system of the world we are living in. And because of that, there are the, these ones that God is calling to bear heavy responsibility, there are certain shifts and changes that must take place in the next seven years. 
certain shifts. There are certain things God wants to give you, give this ministry. There are certain positioning that he wants to put in place before, because of the role you are going to be playing. So one of the things I'm going to advise every believer, every believer, everywhere on the earth now, is to go back to restudy the subject of faith. You see that subject called faith? Because we're going to need it more than any other thing in the days that we're living in and the days that are coming. And... Uh, We that are living in the last days should also note those things that Jesus said will be challenges in the last days. One of them is when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yes, one of them is faith, the subject of faith. There are other things he pointed out. He pointed, he put his finger on the subject of love too. Because uh, Matthew chapter 24 from verse 9 was pointing out that because of the challenges that will be coming, uh, believers will start losing their love life and it will lead to, because of increase in iniquity, and some of them will start betraying one another. So, churches that now want to build the antidote have to give the love matter attention. Teach it both at family level, marriage level, Teach it at church level. Teach covenant. Covenant level of love. Agape. The covenant level. And then those people there will rise above what will be the prevailing science of the time. And they will be walking in victory irrespective of what is going on. So let me say something about faith. And that's what the Lord asked me to come here to do. I came here for uh, three reasons. One, uh, when I talked with you yesterday, I came to make sure that this conference is holding and so, uh, when you inform me that Pastor Sam has provided here, I want to use this opportunity to say special thanks to him. This is what Christianity is all about. This is what Christianity is all about. And uh, it will not change my mind in doing, now that you've got the alternative, still doing what I came to do. I will still provide 10 million this morning so that other things, because Sunday is coming, there has to be a plan for Sunday other things to make sure because this will be the greatest conference you have held in case you don't know that's no all of you mark you will see what i'm saying this particular conference the ones you have held so far since you started the mercy conference this one will be the greatest so all the or the orgaffe on the other side that is throwing tantrum he knows what he's throwing tantrum but we have already overruled him now let's get back to this subject of faith when it comes to intelligence the different types of intelligence we should have. For example, there's spiritual intelligence, there's emotional intelligence, there's academic, you know, the IQ intelligence, there's financial intelligence and the other. The end time church must master adversity intelligence. AQ. There is a special intelligence that has to do with managing adversity. Mm. I was blessed given the privilege while we are still under the tutelage of Archbishop Idahosa 
because I, I grew literally under his wings. Now, while we're still under his tutelage, to watch his, that ministry go through two major turbulent times. There's one that even shook Nigeria. And I watch how a man of faith disciplines adversity and turns it to advantage. I watched it on close range with him. And then I took a major life lesson that is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. And this has been all the major promotions I've had as a person. All the major shifts, we have counted seven major ones, seven. We have had as a ministry, always happens immediately or during an adversity. I have learned whenever Satan hits, just know that it's about the time you're about to make a major shift in the spirit or right after it. Those are the timing of trials and tribulation. One thing about God is that he has a particular period where he doesn't speak. There's only one time you are asking God questions you don't hear. And that time is exam time. All the other time, classroom time, you know, like you're all hearing messages now. Eh? You see what uh, Pastor Midred was, uh, was telling us here. You can spend 10 years learning, taking lectures, taking notes, attending church, going through different fellowships. And the exam will come sometimes in two weeks. That two weeks is when you, you'll be shocked. God, God is quiet. You can see Jesus on the cross saying, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? He has not been forsaken. You are inside the exam. If you watch when he was in the wilderness, the Bible said the angels came and ministered to him at the end. That's when he completed the exam. But when he was in the exam, no angel. Every lecturer at that time is, they take the observer status to see what you would do. And when exam comes, I learn from Papa, don't change your theology to accommodate a tragedy. Go back to your notes. Go back to what God told you. You might be wanting to get, like you, wanting to get current information now. Uh -huh. God didn't talk to me now. No, if you go back, you will see. He has spent time giving you preparations, giving you preparation. You might not know what it is. At that moment, you're supposed to put that down for him on paper. Because during our own exams, it's not just our father and the angels that are, they always have invited external examiner, and that's the role of Satan. To verify that these people are not just awarding marks to themselves because they are family members. That's his job. And he has a special role of raising an alarm when you award marks. That's why he could make some claims. He can say this about Job. Uh, it's just you people, just saying whatever. Let's give him this question. If we give him this, you will see what he will, he will fail Wolfrey. So Job gave him a te te technical knockout. There is a time when God, and if you notice, you can ask your lecturers 
questions during classes they will answer. But in an exam, you say, ah, excuse me, sir, what's, what's the uh, formula again? Almighty formula or whatever. Formula for quadratic equation or formula for the, whatever. What he will do, he will just smile and pass. During exams, don't come up with new formulas. Don't come up with new lectures. Go back to what God. If you notice for Jesus, what did he say? It is written. It is what? Not it will be written. Not new fabricated revelation. Just he went back. All those things that the prophets wrote concerning him. All those things that principles that were already outlined in the scripture. <clears throat> This is one of the greatest lessons I learned when it comes to adversity, quotient, or intelligence. If God permits anything that looks like it's contrary to the normal flow of faith, it means that you have lived the past season. He's about to move you up that's what is called promotion. It's about to move you up to the next level. I have seen this again and again. If something happens where the one that is Isaac, the one that we've been praying, believing God, we, that's what we have in, at hand. Something is coming. Whether it's a trial or whatever. And Isaac is, a, is going on the altar. It means that the time for you to have Israel has come. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a very simple example of this. There was a season Joseph rose so high in the land of Egypt, prime minister, and he was in office from the age of 30 to the age of 110. That's 80 years. 80 years in office. During that 80 years, the Jews prospered so much and became well established in the land of Egypt. They took over the economy. They were everywhere. They have multiplied. The promise that God gave Abraham that there would be a mighty nation was fulfilled. But the time came for them to leave and go and possess the land of promise. And this new phase now, Moses is supposed to rise up and lead them. Do you know what would have happened if Moses got up and came to people that were billionaires? They built houses, they own streets, they have developed infrastructure, businesses, companies. Tell them, go where? Who will follow him? Nobody was going to follow him. Of course, if he made that statement, there could be a plot to get him off. You know they killed the Messiah, so don't think they cannot kill Jesus, uh, Moses. So how did God move them? Everyone say adversity. You need to be able to tell the timing when your time, your season has ended for a particular phase. Because anytime you reach an altitude, God allows you a season to enjoy that. But when it's time to climb a higher altitude. Watch what the ego does to the ego's nest. It comes to that nest and tears it. 
Because these kids, these baby eaglets that have been here feeding and growing, it is now time to, for them to move, transit to another season when they can become eagle and start flying. So you will come there and tear up the nest. And what in our own case God does, he just permits the enemy. Meanwhile, for the enemy, he would think, let me deal with it, let me destroy them. He would think, no, 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 no. If you don't give us an exam, we will never graduate from students to become doctors. We will never graduate from this phase to become bankers. We will never graduate from this phase to become pilots. We will stay here. It might be nice. Campus life can be interesting. But it's a phase. Will you want to take me back to those days? We enjoyed fellowship, all the things. We enjoyed it. But will you want to take me back there? Never. I will not allow it. So, what happened? He turned the heart of Pharaoh against his people and he began to oppress them. What is that? Two things. God prepares the leader that will lead the people just like he has prepared this man. All the encounters you are having, God prepares you for your role. You see the kind of things he was telling you, you and him were discussing. But then, if the leader is ready, the program of God is not successful yet till God prepares the people to follow their leader. So, how did he get Israel to follow Moses? He started staring up their nest. So all those, they were killing their babies. Egyptians were oppressing us. They are all those who just to get them so that when Moses says, move, everybody can follow. You know, Jews are very tough people because they are independent people. They are weighed by themselves. They are, of course, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was, made a statement, his first tenor during Trump. He said, he said, you think it's hard to lead the U.S.? No. You're leading 300 million people who, are, who can follow. But he said in Israel, it is 900 generals, captains. Each one is his own leader. So God will walk on the angle of leadership. You see how he spent 40 years preparing Moses. And finally at the burning bush, he got him ready. Then he had to walk on the people. And that is the purpose. You see, there is an intelligence behind adversity. When believers are not trained in that, because there are seven lessons to learn about adversity. I'm just mentioning two now. When believers are not trained in that, what happens is that when negative circumstances hit them, that's when a lot of people give up. They fall apart because they don't understand. They start wondering if God has abandoned them, wondering what is going on. But the same way you have financial intelligence, or you, you use it to create a lot of wealth, or you have spiritual intelligence, or you develop emotional intelligence and social skills, and you're able to deal with people. There is a special intelligence, understanding, wisdom, when it comes to adversity. I want household of God to know that you are stepping into your most holy, most powerful season in God. That's what is ahead of you. The next seven years and the transition is going to happen now, not tomorrow. That's what is going on. 
That's what is going on. And God is making the message very clear. I have experienced this. Before God gave us our first major 10,000 auditorium, it was something like this. We are thrown out. A program was starting and something came upon. Rented, rented, rented. The facility, the land. It just threw us out on the opening day of the program. Yeah. We're not owing, we're not doing anything. It just got tired. We said, let's finish. He said, no. God has been dealing with me about making that next move. But you know, there are so many things you have to consider. How do we raise the money? You know, no, no. The meeting held in the open space, that particular one I was talking about. But by the third day of the meeting, all the money we needed showed up. All the money. Because Pharaoh has come up now. The Jews had no option. So if Moses, if you are still wondering, how can I tell them? Wouldn't they think I'm mad? What, 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 what? God has just created the perfect setup for you to communicate that vision. I would like to see the prototype here. It might not be the perfect one. By Sunday, I want the guys that are drawing to perfect whatever they're doing and get ready to start projecting for us every service. All the people that are coming to speak, all the men of God that are coming to speak, all the churches that understand the role of Nigeria in this present move of God, this last day's move of God, all of us should donate funds to help household of God get this next building done. Maybe there were some areas you were even doing conservatism. You know, you said, let's not make it. You go and make that vision clear and big enough according to what God has been showing you. Faith has three major levels. You, you have faith for, to solve personal problems, faith for things. It exists. Faith is a substance of things. You can use it to believe God for things. Car, house, whatever, promotion, whatever you want. But there was a, a crippled man that had, that was crippled, and he took four men to carry him, and they broke the roof and dropped him where Jesus was preaching. And the scripture said, when he saw their faith. So faith can be applied to solve corporate problems. Problem that is beyond you, like family problem, community problem. You can use your faith to save a nation. There were men who through faith subdued kingdoms. You can use your faith to transform a community. You can use your faith to transform the company where you work. You can use your faith instead of just believing for one small thing for yourself. Because that's what is the limitation, the problem we have seen in Nigeria. We have taught people faith here, but the application is just faith for me. For my needs. Maybe if you add anything, it will just be you and your family. But Pastor Sola, you know, if you notice our Lord's Prayer, most of the articles there is in plural. Because prayer is where you are exercising faith for something. The Lord's Prayer did not say, my father, which are in heaven. What did he say? That's corporate faith. That's faith for corporate. What it means is that 
if my budget for 2024 is 50 million, I can believe for 500 million because I want to be able to touch other life, impact other churches. I'm talking to the Nigerian church now. I'm talking to all the believers in this country. Enlarge. That same faith you are using for yourself, you can use it to accomplish your begetting. Your size is a cup of water. Fetch a bucket so that you can give the other cups of water to other hungry people. That's what those four men did. They had no need for healing, but they used their faith to carry a man that is crippled that will not be able to carry himself over to Jesus, and they got the miracle that was required. I'm looking forward to that time when we too as a church will understand that. Um, uh, I was part of, I'm part of the next one billion souls harvest. That's the next thing we're working on, yeah, the body. It's a global project. And Revelation 7, 9 said, I saw a great multitude which no one could number. So we're working on the next one billion. And so we chose to believe that God could use us to reach 100 million out of that 1 billion. And then we have to start expanding our structures, expanding our everything for that. And then the Lord said to me, backing that next 1 billion soul harvest is also the billion flow of finances. You have been in it, but train all your leaders, all your people, to start stepping into the billion flow. We are writing a check of one billion, writing a check of 100 million. It's just normal, like giving 10,000 naira in the offering. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Just normal. And then part of that capacity is enlarging your faith to earn both in hard currencies, in pounds, in dollars, in any kind of currency that she was talking about. Uh, I promised a church this January send them 100 million to help them with their building project so somebody came in and gave me $100,000 and it was just in one bag so I carried it and sent to them yeah, this happened last week. I gave it to them last week. And uh, I was surprised when the pastor called me. He said they changed the money. I'm not current with what is happening with the exchange rate, you know. Not current. I'm doing my own business, you know. So, yeah, the guy brought it in a small bag, you know, the money inside. So he told me the amount. I said, uh, it's complete. He said, don't worry. Let them send it to that pastor. He's building. So they sent it to him. He now called me. He said, um, and when we changed it, you know, we got 140. I said, 140 million. I said, send me back change now. I didn't know that you have. No, we laughed over it. But I just realized that. Why don't you expand your faith for $1 million, $5 million, whatever? What's the difference between earning in Naira and earning in dollars? What's, what's the difference? What's the difference? You just expand your vision and expand your structure. Expand your vision and expand the vehicle that delivers the vision. 
See, if it was an airline that fly only Lagos to Kaduna to Kanu, it just expand the structure to be able to go to UK, go to New York, go to Accra. Because even our neighboring countries here, Sefa, Sefa is now hard currency. If you ain't see this, it's hard currency. I'm speaking prophetically, Pastor Shalau. I'm speaking. You know, they think prophets are only the ones that shake like this and all that. So while you are thinking about that, how many villages, just like part of what we're doing, where they, they just launched last week, the one million village project, the conference held in Accra. We're all there to start planning about how to reach the next one million villages. But while we're looking at one million villages, there's also urban centers. Mission to urban centers. Because a lot of migration is happening from the ruler to that place. And you can stay in an urban center, reach somebody in certain villages that you would, you, you know, for example. <laughs> okay, let's leave that. <laughs> Man, don't worry, I will soon master this puppy. Me and Pastor Sam, we need to talk. I need to come back here on his own invitation. So, mm. So, our Father in heaven, give us this day. Give us. He could have been give me. What's my goal? I need my house rent. I need children's school fees. I need to buy my car and all that. And Lord, just give me extra 10 million so I can start. Uh, okay. That's your goal, eh? Instead of 10, it can be 50. Because you have expanded it to include God's plan, God's vision, God's dream. You see how? Every service in the night, let this come up. Every service. Before the speaker, once he's seated, including the speakers, all of us are going to sow to make it happen. Including us, the, the ones that are speaking. All of us. And those of you who understand that it's not just give me this day, my deliver. Give Dominion City this day, what we need for 2024. Give uh, our different churches this day. It is give us so that we can also help our brothers who are going through their own season, fighting through their own battle. That's what Joshua commanded the children of Israel. Two of the tribes have settled on the other side of Jordan. He said, keep your wives, keep your children there, but you be in the front. As the rest of the tribes fight to conquer their own land. That's how we do it. And when it comes to faith, apart from faith for me, faith for us, there is faith to believe God for the purpose of God to come to earth. To precipitate the mind of God, the purposes of God, the next level of the plan of God for your life. This one is not beyond human needs and all that. There are things in the heart of God and he's looking for people that will lend their womb 
so he can impregnate them with it there are big things in his heart just like he had to find that woman mary and this baby is not yet your baby this is god's baby but after you allow god to use you to bet his baby he will give you your babies he will give you your harvest that will blow your mind you remember uh, the first child that hannah the barren woman had to give birth to god was in need of a prophet and a priest the man that was there was old the children that were succeeded in were wayward. So God is in search of a man. The woman is in search of a baby. But she lent her womb. So there is faith to precipitate the purposes of God. To bet revival. To bet the next level. I'm calling all of you that are intercessors to now rise up. We're going to bet this thing. We're going to bet it. You're going to bet out. People that are going to give in billions and hundreds of millions, you're going to call them forth in the, in the spirit. You're going to bet out all kinds of professionals that are going to work together. You're going to bet out the right atmosphere for them. The spirit of cooperation and teamwork, when they start working, the spirit of faith as they work, just like the time when Solomon's temple was being built or when Moses was being built. And that same anointing that came, that people gave and gave until Moses restrained them. It is prayer that bets out that one. Prayer does not bet out money. It's obedience that produces money. Hello is faith and obedience that produces money. But prayer bets the anointing, the anointing for prosperity, the anointing for advancement, the, the breakthroughs that are required to make the whole thing work. There's faith to bet the purposes of God to take heaven and plant it on earth. And John the Baptist is no more on the other side, prophesied by Isaiah. He is now on earth, carrying out a woman had to bet it through. And you know, just like God sometimes, whenever he has to bring this forth, I'm going to pray something now. When he has to bring forth, he will go to somebody that is barren. The reason he does that is to let you know, even if you're broke now, God can use you to channel 100 million. If you will enter into covenant like Hannah and say, just pass the thing through my womb. I'm not talking about physical womb. I'm talking about the womb of faith. Faith is a womb that incubates unseen realities, incubates dreams, incubates ideas, incubates the next level, carry it through and push it through into this place through action. To bring John the Baptist, he went to a barren woman. To bring forth Isaac, he went to a barren woman. And many times you will see it. To produce, push something out here, he went to a barren woman. That's how God can bet such a powerful financial intervention through a broke man. Of course, the kind of resources God channeled for the building of the temple, guess who he used? A shepherd poor boy at the back of side of the desert looking after sheep, David. It doesn't take God anything to transit you from the backside of the bush to the palace. But he needs covenant that you will let him, without aborting God's baby, push through his purpose. Not when the money comes. You know, remember you have to buy a car. The car will come first. Let the seed go first. The cow will now follow as a harvest. 
David said, Lord, remember David, how he took a vow. I will not go to my house. I will not live under this seal room till I have built for the Lord a play, resting place. Now, the Bible said the man was going from battle to battle, conquering nation. I'm now talking about the, the, the act of faith. That is the obedience of faith, what we call corresponding action. Faith is not faith till it has action. He went from place to place, conquering nations. And the Bible said every spoil he brings, he dedicated them to the house. Because that's the, that's the commitment. He was not to do the building physically because of certain things. He has been a man of war. God told him, you're not going to build it. But he said, okay, I will bring the money. And after making the vow, he had to develop a strategy, actionable strategy, developed strategy, and it was war. You, it might be business intervention, it might be this, it might be my social media, whatever. I'm going to believe God to reach this number of people and rest. Sure, you know that if you create a product, one small product, whether it's digital product or real product, even if it's t-shirt, that any product people can pay $20 for. And through digital marketing, 50,000 people buy it. That's $1 million. I'm even going our team to come up with something because you might say we're in the media uh, this house has to be built we don't know how to contribute uh, what, what what do you mean come up with something it might be a package of all these messages of this man packaging a unique way package eh? just 20 dollars seed you get it and make it a global drive don't drive it only for church drive it Get somebody to understand digital marketing and drive it. Let's get 100 people. $20 is not a big money now. That's changed now. What is that? And 100,000 of us that you have raised $2 million for, for the project. So you have to go before God now and ask him what is my own strategy. Because what happens is that we do this fed thing, when we finish, we live here waiting for God to throw money down. That will happen. Faith has corresponding action. I want to end. The last thing I will tell you about faith is that when you read Hebrews chapter 11, you meet another dimension, application of faith. And this one is faith to weather storms. That's where adversity quotient comes in. Faith to weather the storms. You will see people, all the people who had all types of breakthroughs by faith, but you now meet this group. Their own intelligence is, we want a better resurrection. Thank you, sir. We want a better resurrection. We want to receive the highest level of reward when the Lord returns. Yeah. They went beyond what faith can achieve for them in this material world. 
to what faith can actually achieve for them in eternity. So they went out and paid some terrific price to see the kingdom of God advance. You see, that level of faith, which is the highest level, is what our master did on the cross, where he actually laid his life down. The highest rewards are reserved for those who went through fire to come to the other side. That, in the larger scale, includes Christian martyrs. Because faith is not just for believing God to intervene. No. Faith can be channeled to believe God to pay a price nobody's willing to pay to see the purpose of God realized. Knowing that the reward that comes to such people is beyond time. It goes all the way to eternity. Job reached that level because that's where he said, though he slays me. Yet will I trust him. Even if my faith does not get me out of this thing that is going on. Even if I have to die for it. I'll still trust him. That's the level that the three Hebrew boys got to. Where they said, the God we serve can deliver us. Our faith can bring you out of fire. But even if it doesn't, we are ready to die for our convictions. Do you know there are people who have sacrificed mind-boggling things? I, I, I was in a conference where I was giving pastors, about 2,500 pastors, People from Anglican Church, our mother churches were there. And uh, we normally do registration because it's a minister's conference. When I saw even some Catholic priests, about three of them were there, I saw that. I decided to lift that registration, which wasn't even much, 25,000, um, to make it easy for the larger body of Christ to assess the training. And I had my friends for U.S. and all that. So the books that they brought, 30,000 water books, it was supposed to be sold. But this was a mission conference. We decided to give it to all those pastors. Now, if it's Lagos, I won't do that. It's, we are reaching our cousins. So certain part of where things are tough. But anyway, um, when that ended, I was invited to the headquarters of one of the major denominations in the U.S. Because one of those preachers was there. He took videos. And he went to tell them that he saw a Nigerian giving books out, 30,000 worth of books, that he was shocked and all that. They invited me there. Um, their financing board. Um, God paid us. I don't, know, I don't know whether to use a thousand times for small money we spent on those people. But that's not the miracle that I'm talking about. I met a young man. This guy invented a technology for cutting metals. All the metallurgical companies and institutes using it patented it. He was believing God, praying this, exercising faith for us, faith to push the kingdom forward. He was 28. By the time he was 30, he invented this stuff. This thing yields millions of dollars every week from all over the world. He had made it. Do you know what he did? He went to the pastor and said, I want to wheel the whole thing away to the kingdom. The whole, 100%. I had him once in Nigeria. And when you see him, he wears jeans. He looks, you know he's a billionaire. 
there is what is called incarnational living. Do you know what is incarnational living? You are born a prince. You can afford everything like Jesus. You live in heaven. You are the son of God. You choose to incarnate on earth. Come to an environment where there is need. Suffer with them just to be able to meet. So it requires a lot of sacrifice to do such a thing. Anyway, the pastor said, um, since this is your first major business breakthrough, you're a young man, you still have a lot. I think it would be nice for you to keep 10%. So they set up a board. And they put five men on the board. And he didn't want to be on the board to administer the funds. Wherever starting certain percentage big to sort out all his, their own church problem. The problem of that church was solved by one small boy. And they still had a lot of excesses. So he said, look for where the gospel is facing the greatest challenge, like Islamic countries, where the pastors there hardly have the means to be able to do what they need to do. Look for other places. If you see a ministry that is going through, but that ministry is strategically positioned, it's important in the plan of God. Channel the rest of the money. This money is running into billions of dollars. And he said he doesn't want to be part of the board. The pastor, his own pastor, because they brought other men, you know, respected men, his own pastor now said, it would be nice that you are in the board, that Jesus rose from the dead, and the father made him to sit at the right hand to be a guarantor, a surety, to be sure, to him make sure that the things he died for is being enforced, that his people, his heirs are not being denied what he suffered for. That's why he's our guarantor. So that's how the young man joined that board. That's the board they brought me. I met two different groups. This one. And they said, we have billions for this, that, that, that. So here is the miracle for me. A one young broke man finished university, had no, through covenant with God, like David. I've never entered my house. I've never do this till I, I build a resting place for God. And the Bible said, and God swore. If you read this, I want that to you will see and swore and made several commitment to David. There is faith. This, when we're dealing with the highest level of faith, it is a level where certain people, true away, certain things that should have been their right, true away, to see God's greater purpose move forward. This is where we are going on. Because if we don't train people for this level, you have people to send to Medjugorje. Who is going to go? Everybody wants to stay in Lagos. You want people to send to rural areas. Who is going to go? Everybody wants Port Harcourt, Abuja, and Lagos. Everybody wants to send me to UK, send me to London. You want people. Because everybody is operating at the level one faith for me. For personal survivor, personal prosperity. And that's where Nigerian church has been. And sometimes among us who are men and women of God and churches, it also produces competition because it's a myopic level of the gospel. 
the Acts of Apostles we are reading eludes us. Many things we are studying and reading there cannot happen because we are still at this level. Is my church your church? Who told you there is one church? The, the genuine believers and genuine members of the body of Christ, just one body in this country. So if something is happening somewhere here, we all need to come together. And I'm speaking to all of us. And after you need to do a video, me, I will also do one. And put it on social media and everywhere. You need to do a video, show the, what we are trying to do, show the picture of what bond and show the, the new whatever. All of us, everybody. And I'm calling all believers abroad, all Nigerians in diaspora, Africans in diaspora, and all of you that understand the purpose of God, what he's trying to do in these last days, and his plans for this nation. You need to come and join us. Even what I'm saying, I want it out. I, I didn't just come to talk to you here. I'm also talking to us. Give us. I was even surprised that even forgiveness, there is also forgive us. So don't just pray for your own sin. When Daniel prayed to bring back Israel after they've gone into captivity, in, 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 he had to do identification and repentance and pray for the, the, the spiritual growth of the body of Christ. Pray for the sins of the priesthood, the sins of the whole nation. And that's how to pray and get your country out. Get, your, get you know, the move of God to come. We have to sometimes bring repentance for what is going on among our politicians, what is going on in the priesthood, what is going on that's affecting the purpose of God. Be very bold, because that's what is required in leading transition, change. Be extremely bold. And speak from that rent, those things that God is giving you. I will also encourage all of us that are ministers to go and redig and bring back the subject of faith. There is so much, at least 70 different things to teach on that subject. I was doing a list one day and I saw that every other thing we do in the kingdom, faith is connected to. There is faith for fruitfulness. She was teaching faith for finance. There's faith for marriage. There's faith for, faith for everything. That subject affects everything, starting with salvation. So nobody can even finish teaching it. But we can at least start equipping ourselves again because that's what is required in times like this. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for joining message for us to be here, to come and strengthen the hand of your son and your daughter, the first lady. Thank you for the big plan that you have in the heavenlies already settled. From your own perspective, it is already done. We who are on earth will lend you our wombs. Everybody said that to God. Make a connection. I lend you the womb of my vision, the womb of my faith. Show me the role I have to play. That some of you, it will be one million, some of you will be ten million. I'm not here to raise one though. I'm here to raise men of faith because that's all it takes. The first one billion, just 1,000 men of faith that can believe God for one, one million, which is change. What about those that can believe of 10, 10 million? 
What about those that can believe for five, five? What about those who are now stepping into what I'm talking about? Who can believe God for 100 million? Who can believe God for 1 billion? Those men, it is your season now to emerge. This is your season. As the church transits into the new season of glory, watch all the people that will hook in. By the time the transition is completed, you will look at yourself. You will not recognize yourself. You will not recognize your business. You will not recognize your endeavor. You know that young man I'm talking about, which was the miracle for me meeting him, to learn another dimension of Christianity. Because till that time, I will be honest with you, uh, even the faith thing, there is a level we have crossed. We have made progress, but there is a level we got to, we got stuck there. God just wanted me. Uh, thank God for the donations they gave us. It wasn't the donation that brought me into that meeting in the U.S. It wasn't the donation. It was to meet that young man. And then through him, I started meeting others like him. There are people with money. Do you know what is shocking me? They are mainly evangelicals. Few of them are Pentecostals. They are mainly evangelicals. You know what shocks me in the U.S.? You see them, they live a very simple life. Yet this man can buy your city. And each one you meet, you see an aspect of the kingdom he has taken as his personal. He's on his Bible too. You see this Bible that is spreading free everywhere. There are people that are financing it. Muruseruro then, every year he comes out with his budget of what they do around the world. These two boys will just write it off. So there are some of you who want to step up into that upper echelon. Your faith, like Moses, whose faith brought three million people out of Egypt. Your faith, God can use you like he used Joseph, like he used Moses to do mega stuff, mega stuff. That's the season we have entered. That's the season. Yes, there's still faith for survival to hustle and break through at that level. There's still that level. But that's the beginner. That's the baby faith. Many of us need to come out of that. You have stayed there for too long. And take something tangible to do for the kingdom of God. I want household of God to know that a unique opportunity has come for all of you. This thing is not uh, something that happened out of the blue. No, 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 no. No. That is how transitions are better always in the kingdom. Women know that what it takes in the maternity pain. Then that next level that you're going to enjoy for another 90 years, you see that child become, oh, yeah, but... That season of pain, that's what it takes. We will not be where we are doing what we're doing around the world without this. Now, during the time, you cry, oh, it's painful. Let's not lie. Yeah, you might speak. When you finish, you go to, if you need to cry, cry at home, you know. Well, but guess what? When he finishes, I say, Lord, thank you. If this is what it is, I'm ready to write another exam. As long as he's, it will bring him promotion. I'm ready. But they don't give you this exam every day anyway. Mm, they don't. Heavenly Father, thank you. Not only those that are here, 
the men and women, and then get everybody activated. This is going to be the greatest conference of the last how many years? Since the start of the Mercy Conference. There are messages, words are going to come. Even some of the people that are coming, some of the things they planned before, you will see. There are things God is going to be putting in them. And many of them will not be able to preach what they brought. They will have to preach a message, a now word for you. Let everybody know and let none of them miss any session. Me, I'm looking forward to when you say, oh yeah, man, good that we are building. I know there will be approvals, there will be all that. You give us a go ahead. All of us will put hands and build it. You are going to the greatest, the next level of your life. Mark my word. Mark. You will know. You're going to the next level of your life and it will be the greatest since you entered this decade. It will prepare you for the days that are ahead. May God bless you. May God multiply you. May God enlarge you. May God give you the fortitude and the grace you need now because it's your season to fly, to take off from the nest and soar. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, sir. Thank you, sir. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message. Find out more about Household of David. Visit our website at www.householdofdavid.org. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and MixLR. Or join us for one of our services on Sundays by 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. and Wednesdays by 7 p.m. God bless you.